Welcome to another great edition of Talking Ticks. I'm your host, Scott Gerard. Joined as always by Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger, the co-host. Got a good one for you tonight because uh, a lot of big news is coming out of uh, coming out of Baton Rouge and the, and the LSU pipe this week, so we can't wait to get into it. Just wanted to check in with you guys to see how you're doing uh, before we dive into this pod. Um, you know, I hope, hope you guys had a good week. I mean, the baseball picked up a series this weekend, uh, which is all good, and... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, life goes on. Yeah, uh, big ba- big weekend for baseball. Probably the I mean, it's like the last gasp of of uh, of life for a baseball team that's kind of on life support. And yeah. then for you know, if you're if you're kind of in LSU circles, like we've probably been tracking this Kim Mulkey story for maybe a, a little over a week now. That's when they first really started floating the idea, um, and you know, now it's a done deal. So that everybody seems really excited about that. Um, you know, the whole, there's, there's an energy on, on online right now. I saw some footage from the PMAC when they announced her there's energy there. So yeah, I think it's a little bit of a bright spot right now in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Everything's pretty crazy. It's crazy to say about like so much hype about the women's basketball, but it is the biggest news in LSU women's basketball in the past 10 years, really uh, hasn't been anything like that since then. Uh, maybe even longer. Uh, so that's pretty huge. And yeah, I had talked about this to some people that I'm hiring Kim Mulkey like over a month ago. Um, there was like, I read an article about it and they were already rumoring that they're going to fire uh, Nikki Fargus and stuff. And to see it kind of all come together is, is pretty cool. And uh, LSU's already pumping it. They just sent me an email asking me to buy season tickets already. Uh, so they, to- they didn't just say buy season tickets. They said, what are you waiting for? <laughs> the announcement's only been out for like officially for they announced her at five o'clock so it's been out for an hour and 50 minutes and they're like what are you waiting for buy your tickets i I guess they got to make the most of it uh but it's pretty cool yeah and then baseball is good to get a wins although they choked the sweep which kind of sucked yeah and then yeah we'll get into that (laughs) uh yeah and then i I talked about going to the game last tuesday before our podcast and that was a fun time against ulm they took them down there were a lot of ulm fans there uh but had a good time right behind home plate is great seats I definitely want to get your uh, perspective from that because uh, we we did see you. Anyone that was watching, you know, any sort of pitching that was going on could definitely see you. Uh, but, uh, you know, I guess the, we'll start with the biggest news of the day, and that's LSU hiring Kim Mulkey as their women's basketball coach. And I, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I, I think it's great news, obviously. I was only really aware of her because I knew she was Kramer <laughs> – Kramer Roberts, Kramer's mom. mom. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, when the, uh, when he was playing with the tigers and especially when they went to the world series and then the world series final, uh, you know, she was definitely, uh, covered, covered with the cameras for sure. Uh, but, um, just, I only have two questions about this, uh, you know, this Kim Mulkey hiring. And then, you know, I guess we can go from there. My first question is, I mean, obviously she's, you know, she's an established, uh, a really good established women's basketball coach and she can elevate them. Um, but uh, like for somebody like me that doesn't necessarily follow LSU women's college basketball, like why, why is this such a big deal? Why is this such big news? I think that, I, I mean, I don't, like I said, I, I think I'm kind of in the same boat with you where it's like, I'm not a huge follower of LSU women's basketball, um if they're on tv before the before the lsu game i might watch it or i think we've gone to some games where we get there early and they're still playing by the time before 
the uh, the men's team starts playing. But I, I think for one, and this is, I, I you call it cynical or whatever, but LSU athletics needs a good story right now. With the way the baseball's going, it's not great. Then when you take all the off-the-field issues with football, with management, with, uh, with the athletic department, I mean, this is, I think that the whole production of bringing, you know, they had a, they had a, a, a big, almost like a festival in the PMAC this afternoon. They had, everybody was there. Everybody was on the tarmac saying hello to her, greeting her <laughs> off the, off the, the private jet. She gave a rousing speech. Everyone's excited. I think you just, you just need to get some energy back because all you've heard for the past, pretty much for the entire, since 2021 started, the only reports you've been hearing really other than like the basketball team going to the, to the tournament, it's just NCAA this violation here, title, title nine, this title nine that. And yeah. so I think from a, from a PR standpoint for LSU, they're like, we need to, we need to, to, this needs to be the story, which I think is, I think that's a respectable thing. Like, you know, let's, let's, let's have some positivity, but uh, I also, I, I don't want to downplay that, that this is a huge hire for LSU and I know that um, this morning on Jordy Collada's show, he was saying that this is the biggest hire in LSU, like in LSU sports history. What? As far as he did wow. say that, and and I can kind of his point, and I don't know if you know, you can we can we can talk about it, but his point is like for women's basketball, this is like hiring Nick Saban away from Alabama, like right. this is hiring right. the best coach, co- or the or maybe not maybe not like hiring Nick Saban, this maybe like hiring Dabba Sweeney. Because right. the guy at the guy at Connecticut, Connecticut, yeah, yeah no, Gino Oriama, he's like the best ever, right? Yeah, that's what yeah. I was gonna say. There's really only like three big names, like household names in women's college basketball recency: Pat Summit, R.I.P., yep. Gino Oriama, right. and yeah. Kim Mulkey. So, yeah. like, of the two left, like it's it's, it's dab. Yeah, it's like yeah. Pat Summit. You call call her Urban. Gino is Saban, and Kim Mulkey's Dabba. Like it's you know what I mean. And so like, and we pulled her we pulled her away from. Like she didn't have to, it's not like there was, it's not like Baylor forced her out or like she was losing it. I mean, we're getting her in a time where they won a national championship just, just what a year, a season ago, not counting the COVID year. Cause they didn't play, but mm-hmm. the, not this year, but the last year they want to see, they won a national championship. So I think from that standpoint, yeah, it is a huge hire. Like I can see where I, I believe, you know, does it, does it make as many waves? Is it actually going to, um, you know, is it going to translate the same way if you did hire Dabo Sweeney away from Clemson would probably not just because women's basketball is not division one SEC football, but from a hiring the best, the best at her craft in her, you know, by hiring the best in the sport and taking it from a, from a program where she's been extremely successful her entire career. Yeah. I think that's it. That I can, I buy it. It's a huge hire. Yeah. And then the thing is like, she's kind of a, a native son, like she's from, from Louisiana, Pontiac. Uh, won two national championships as a player, Louisiana Tech. Obviously, it's not LSU. And then what one I think is an assistant coach at Tech, and then three is a is a head coach. I saw that she's the only person in college basketball history to win a championship as a player, assistant coach, and head coach. So that's pretty cool. And then the other two that did it as a player and a head coach were like Bob Knight and somebody else. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, so the reputation is, is Beheim. Uh, I don't know. I feel like he won one as a player and i know he's wanted as a coach okay yeah but just to bring that back brings a big energy and yeah like you said some positive attention to the school that we really kind of needed to kind of kickstart things back in the in the good direction but also i i think from just to like 
So the positivity, it's a great story. It's a great homecoming. All of that's great, you know, from a PR, from a marketing standpoint. But then also, I think this is an incredible hire because this is a woman who was at Baylor when, who, when they had their sexual assault Title IX scandal, right? Now, again, I, I've said it on this podcast multiple times, the LSU situation is not Baylor. Like, I don't, I, I, I'm sorry, Baylor was, 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 as far as I'm concerned, much worse. Not to say that one is better than the other, that, you know, oh, it wasn't that bad. They're all bad. But the Baylor, I think the Baylor example is a lot, um, a lot more. They 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 were hit with lack of institutional control. Like it was a, it was a big deal. People, the the AD and the president lost their job. Like there's there were huge consequences for it. Yeah, and LSU's currently in a search for a new president, right? Well, I know, but like I, F. King Alexander didn't leave for that. Oh, I know, but I'm just saying it's like it's there. There's like a a period of transition that's happening, and like they need to bring in you know, the, the right people for the right time. And I think that she, I think that she's somebody who she understands the, the, uh, w- like she understands women's athletes, women or, you know, female athletes. She understands women's sports. She understands title nine. She was at a school that dealt with a similar issue. I think that she'll be someone who coach O Scott Woodward will Wade all these people can they can, they'll be able to like lean on her and I think she's she's you've seen she's tough she's a leader um she's not afraid to to you know be to, to speak her mind and stuff so I think this is great from just for the athletic department I think she's gonna she's gonna be a big time leader and I think she'll be able to help bring LSU back from you know whatever's to whatever this all these scandals and reports and investigations lead to yeah, I've seen some rumors that she's going to get paid two point eight million a year. I saw that, yeah. which is pretty wild for a women's basketball coach. I think I was like scouring to find records for like the current highest, and I found Gino Ariema may have made two point four million, so that put her far clear of him at number one. But I guess you have to pay for your what you, what you're going to get. Although, and it, it sets expectations so high that uh, she did say it's going to take a few years to kind of get to where she needs to be. And I believe that, uh, but it's going to be really interesting to see if the season is going to kind of tick upwards. I'm sure the attendance is going to be up. Uh, hopefully the, the on court performance can uh, match that as well. Well, like, I don't think, I think that when you hire somebody like this also, like it's not about, it's not going to be about wins and losses. Like, I mean, it is, and you want to win, and you want to, you know, I'm sure she wants to win championships for LSU. I'm not, I, I don't think she's coming here just to collect a check, but I think there's so much more to this hire. Um, when you, like, I mean, if, when you brought, if you brought in Saban back to LSU, like, you would, I don't think anybody would say fire him after a year if he's yeah. making $5 million or whatever. Yeah. I mean, we, we kept Nikki Fargus on the program for 10 years. Yeah. We, we won't cut. One yeah, of the greatest yeah, to do gonna, it after two or three. Exactly. Like, you know, you bring in you bring in the greatest or one of the greatest ever to do it, not just to not just because like, oh, you better win tomorrow. I think that they're gonna I think that you know, one, she'll get she'll have to she'll put together the program the way she wants it. But they're they're gonna she's gonna be able to bring in a lot of donor sell issues. She's gonna be able to bring in um a lot more prestige to uh, the basketball program itself. Like that, I think she'll be able to help Will Wade a lot. Yeah, and she's fifty-eight right now, so getting up there a little bit. But you can envision easily another ten, 10 years, ten yeah. years at least. Uh, so that's a good time for a program to really kind of get on the upswing. Yeah, 
And uh, I think Pat Summit coached until she was just, you know, uh, I think about 10 years from now. And uh, like you were saying, it's, uh, you know, she's adding so much possible value or potential value. And, you know, compared to what they were paying Nikki Fargus, and now they're going to be paying her, you know, upwards of 2 million, you could say, you could say what you want about how that, you know, that, that discrepancy there. But uh, if she is bringing that much more to the program and just, uh, the sport and the area that I, I think it's well warranted. And I, I will say this though, uh, cause I saw this stat out there. She is the only coach that has ever been brought to LSU that already has a national title. Everyone else that had one at LSU, I think got it here. So there, there is that, you know, she's, she's, already, she's coming with her own cred. <laughs> yeah. And, and you can't, you got to pay for that. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. That's just how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's the so same that, thing. All right, so so this uh, brings me to my second question. Like, because you kind of touched on it earlier when you said she she said she needs a few years to kind of get where she needs to be. But I mean, does that automatically make LSU a women's basketball school now? Like, are we going to be like in the in the process of falling, you know, like gung ho because our team's going to be playing for a title or at least you know seriously competitive each year? I don't know if we're going to, I mean, jump to the top, but we were a women's basketball school for a span of probably about 10 years in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And I think we can get back to that. I know I, I couldn't tell you that much about the kind of the arena right now, but I know like Mississippi State and South Carolina are both like good programs mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously like Baylor and like Stanford and, and UConn. Uh, but I mean, we can definitely get there. Just need a few good years of recruiting, and re- I mean, in basketball, it only takes like two or three years of like top tier talent to really put you on the map. Or, or I mean, it could be one class. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you pull a pull a, a Calipari and pull in five, I don't even know if I mean, it, it, think about it in this way: women's basketball, there aren't even one and done doesn't even exist. Like because there's I don't or I guess it does. Do, but I don't think they really go to the WNBA after one year, right? I think it's two at least. Is it? Okay. I don't know the rules, but I just feel like you don't hear – like Brittany Griner, she played – didn't she play at least two years for, for Baylor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's saying is like there's basically not like a Kim Thomas or a – Yeah. Hey, uh, um, you know, um, Ben – Ben Simmons. Thank you. Uh, not like a, a Ben Simmons version – of that in, in the women's college basketball. I don't think so. I think, uh, because, uh, honestly, uh, it's, it's probably not, it's totally not the same. I mean, the, the, the odds are probably way higher to get drafted to the WNBA than just to go to the men's NBA because of all the, you know, uh, sub leagues that they have, uh, men's do, but moons, I don't think they, I don't know if they do. So yeah, the odds are way higher. Um, so my point it, is like, yeah, I think, I think that, with the transfer, with the new transfer portal rules, and just with being able to say, "Hey, I'm Kim Mulkey, and I coach LSU now," people will come. The girls will come, like they'll want to play for her. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think that we will be be able to compete, and I think that this is going to be great for for LSU just in general, just to be able to have like a, a another successful sport. I, I like it. I think it brings yeah. more money into the into the whole athletic department. I think it brings more prestige. Anytime you're lifting a banner up, that's going to be a good thing. Yeah, you know, and it's and it's definitely uh, all about that. But I mean, it's it, it could also be just for the sake of now. Just you know, it's like you were talking about earlier. It's, it could be a little bit of balance. 
you know, she's uh, she's a very well-respected woman, very outspoken too, by the way. And you know, she she is who she is, and I, I think she's not gonna put up with anything that might have gone on previously at LSU, you know, some of the stuff that they're dealing with now. So I feel like that's that's very good in that direction. Uh, but also, you know, if she can do some good soon, uh, might kind of help balance things out because who, who, we still don't know what's, you know, what's what's looming down the road for LSU with the all well, these Title IX implications and all this other stuff because, uh, you know, they just uh, said something this week about they're not even going to – like they're going to try and – eliminate Darius Geis from all the the record books or just I don't know they're just trying to get rid of any sort of uh memory I guess and uh, like that's that's pretty serious stuff yeah uh, but you know like if she if if in the midst of that if she's carrying some fresh young team to like the the elite eight or you know heaven forbid the final four and like her second or third year you know that's that's a real positive story to counter that so Glad to have her back. And oh. it's and it's another, I mean, this is another win for Scott Woodward. This is I was gonna ask how much you thought he had had to do with that, or you think it was just her trying to uh, I don't know, you think he like like instigated all that? I mean, I think that I think that she was I don't think she called LSU and said, I want to come come here. I think that it was a, a back and forth dialogue. I don't know who initiated first. I don't know. You know, I don't, we'll never know. There, there were some reports that she, apparently she went to Baylor after like Woodward gave her the call and like wanted and like a counter offer, like oh, really? for more money, but then they like declined to, to match. So then she was pretty much out after that. Um, maybe they, they couldn't get the money or they like had just kind of had enough of that, which is kind of weird to say, but uh, that could be completely false. But yeah. And then after that, she was like, all right, I'll shoot them. Yeah, again, I don't. I didn't hear that. I don't know, but I do think that. I, I just don't think that. I don't think a coach just goes and like walks up to the program and says, "Okay, I'd like to coach here," and then and then they just say, "Okay, here you go." <laughs> so right. hold I think on, that, let's get rid of our coach first. Uh, just hold on. Hold, I'm gonna put yeah. you on hold real quick. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, it just makes so much sense, especially like in her. Um, in her an announcement or whatever, you know, she greeted, she gave like a big hug to Paul Maneri, and she said in her in her speech, like this man uh, took a cocky young boy and made him into a man. Talking about Kramer, so like she has a lot of affection for LSU and not just for LSU as a whole, LSU baseball program, the whole. I think the whole thing. So it just makes a ton of sense. Yeah, definitely, and. Um... I mean, she she's already had the red carpet welcome, like you said, Paul Maneri. He was out to greet her. Will Wade was out to greet her. Mike the Tiger and the marching band. Coach Joe was there. Yeah, it was just uh, awesome. So it's just it's good to see the excitement. And you know, talk about uh, you know, she was one of the, the only programs whose athletic department was actually turning a profit because of all the you know the the major men's sports. But I feel like you know if if because I feel like the the women's gymnastics team. Uh, uh, they 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 kind of lost in the uh, in the finals uh, last week or week before, by the way. Uh, they they made it to like the the finals of the uh, gymnastics, but they didn't make it. But they they have pretty good attendance regularly, and I feel like that that you know if women's basketball was good, uh, that they would also have good support as well. You would just I would just think so. Uh, so I, I feel like that would just be another you know possibly profitable program for for the Tigers. Um, Considering everything else, we'll see. 
Um, but speaking of one of the only programs in the country that used to be profitable, I don't know about any, I don't know about this year. I don't know what the attendance records have been so far, but LSU baseball seems to be on an upswing, uh, after this weekend's series win, uh, against Ole Miss. And, you know, keep in mind, this was, uh, this was the, at the time, I think the number 12 ranked Ole Miss rebels and LSU pretty much had a sweep on their hands. I mean, they, they had a sweep by any and all means. There's no way LSU could not get a sweep being up nine to one in the, uh, the middle of the eighth inning. But, uh, but then LSU continues to prove us wrong. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Jokes on us. Uh, LSU let Ole Miss come back. Not only did they let them come back that inning just to tie it. It's like they, they, they hit pause at the end of the eighth inning and at the top of the ninth first batter, Hits a home run, gone, walk off. And it's just like they just hit play again right at that. It's just uh insult to injury, really. But um not to uh you know, not see a forest or the trees for the forest or whatever that quote is. Uh LSU did get the series win, as we said. And uh, like I said, they they had a sweep on their hands. And you know, all their pitching for the most part, especially game one and two, uh Marceau looked great. Uh Lavis Labas, however you say that. He also looked great. I mean, he was carrying himself towards the the end of the game. And, uh, you know, there's always that third day Johnny Holstaff thing, which I think is just going to be a constant until the end of the season. But, uh, I mean, they were, the bats were alive in game three, and that's that's usually what we, we don't see. So mm-hmm. that was that was kind of good to see. Uh, they just they didn't have the bullpen to keep it. But, you know, that was also Ole Miss's problem going to this weekend. Uh, one thing I did not realize until this weekend, and I don't know how Ole Miss – was ranked so high and LSU was out of the rankings because LSU, you know, just had a, a series win as we just talked about last week uh, in the last pod. Uh, but Ole Miss, this makes their fourth straight series loss. So I don't see how, they, I, I mean, I get it. They had a lot of hype, but, uh, you know, they had their, well, LSU w- was uh, lucky enough to not have to face their, their starting ace on uh, Thursday because, you know, he just had some, uh, I guess some lingering issue uh, and they didn't want to pitch him too soon after a previous game. Cause he was sore or something like that. Uh, so they had a, another starter come in. Uh, so they got the win. They didn't have to face their toughest pitcher. He actually leads the sec in strikeouts, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I think um, I don't see how, I mean, it, for the two games, it looked like they were pretty, you know, fairly evenly matched. I should say LSU looked like the way stronger team in the third game, but then Ole Miss came back which is an unusual. They did that against Arkansas. Arkansas was up 11 to nothing. Ole Miss came back. So it wasn't too surprising. It's just disappointing because, you know, this could have been the first, you know, SEC sweep for the Tigers this year. And I don't know. It's like you see what they could be and we were still left with, you know, what, what, you know, what we're given. They are. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, but I mean, Hey, good to get the series win. Don't want to not, not mention that and keep, keep focusing on the positive, but you know, you could still see just potential for so much more. You know, yeah. I mean, the, Elmis is a gr- is a great SEC team. There's no, there, I don't really think there are bad teams in the SEC this year. The the whole league is pretty much loaded. Um, yeah. I mean, Scott, you disagree? I guess I guess Auburn is not great, but yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say Auburn's the only one. I I haven't looked at the East yet, but uh, you know, like I don't know, maybe Missouri or Georgia. But yeah, everyone else is pretty good. I think <laughs> almost the, you know everyone else in the SEC is ranked. You know? Yeah, so I mean, like, I feel like anytime you get a series win in the SEC, especially on the road, I'm I'm happy with that. But 
this is something that we that we've seen the entire year. And I mean, what more can you expect? You're up, you're up by eight runs, and you give it up and lose in two innings. That's LSU baseball in 2021. And I, I know we don't want to like you don't want to like you said, miss the forest for the trees or whatever and, and focus on this one game. But I almost think like, you know what, no excuses. Like if this was a, if, if that was just an isolated game, if that wasn't part, if we hadn't won two and two behind uh, two before that and won the series, like that, that would be huge. That would be a, a huge red flag. That'd be terrible. So I, I feel like LSU kind of got lucky in that they'd already won the other two, but that's, un, I, I don't know. That's inexcusable to me. Yeah, really all three games were super close. Like the first one, we won by one. The second one, we won by like five, but we were only up by two to one until the very last inning when we just started popping off. So that one really could have gone either way. Uh, And then to choke the last game is tough. I mean, overall, it's a better result than it had been, right? Because we beat a ranked team on the road. And but yeah, it just leaves that bitter taste where you're like, we could have had the sweep. We should have. Should have. I saw a stat on the, I think it was a fine bomb show where there had been 570 college games this season where a team was winning by seven after seven innings and only three out of those 570 had the team come back to one and to win. And one of those was the LSU game. Uh, so almost like statistically impossible, but they find a way. Uh, <laughs> All in one inning records in one yeah. inning. Like it, this wasn't over the span of half a game. It was one inning, uh, but good Lord. Uh, but yeah. And you know what, just, just to, um, to give credit where credit is due. Uh, and I, I think the reason they had that, you know, that big lead and also the reason they, had that uh those like what is it four insurance runs at the the top of the ninth of the game you know game two uh it's like lsu finally started capitalizing on you know runners in scoring position i think for this series until 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 gavin dugas hit a uh, a grand slam in the top of the ninth um i think lsu was two for i thought it was like 14 or something like that with runners in scoring position uh, but you know, every everything after that, you know, they they did well. Uh, but you know, that's just that's just something they've been dealing with. But finally, they they broke through that, and they've been capitalizing. And look at that they they almost had a sweep. Should have had a sweep. Uh, you know, I don't think you can can blame that on uh, you know their hitting situations, but because uh, that's obviously on the bullpen, which uh, you know Ole Miss had as well, obviously. But uh, at, at least the Tigers have like started to. Uh, break out of it. I don't know. I saw Ryan Terry, a former LSU baseball great. He was saying, you know, just these guys are starting to hit, you know, because he's played before. He, he, you can see how uh, the transgressions can go throughout the course of a season. And if if your guys, because you, obviously we know LSU can hit. Mm-hmm. They, it's just you know now that they're facing this me- meaty part of the schedule and all these better pitchers, uh, you know, they they kind of hit a wall. It felt, or at least in certain points, certain games, whatever, certain situations. But it feels like they're you know they're starting to break out of it they want to break out of it and they are uh dugas has been very clutch lately and you know dylan cruz is steady eddie man i mean (laughs) i think there's not a series that goes by where you know you can't expect a homer or two from him so uh i feel like if you know if they're going to start to get hot now's the time i mean they got arkansas coming to town this upcoming weekend number one in the country uh you know if they can get a series win look out you know 
Second time we've had to face the number one team in the country at home on the weekend. Yeah, Arkansas sitting at 32 and seven. There's some some world beaters. So you're I think we're back in the situation where you're hoping to get kind of one or two yeah, against you just, them. You just hope you get at least one. And then like we were talking last week about the just the hope to make the postseason. Obviously, two against Ole Miss plus the the winning in CLM is big yeah. uh, for that. And so now we're in a position where all right, it's we're still it's doable. Cause if we had gotten swept or whatever, then it's you're pretty much out. But we're still in the hunt. So okay, as of last week, I think you said we needed 13 games. Yeah. Oh, we needed 14 SEC wins, pretty much. Okay. And then currently we are at uh we're at six uh and then there's still so we need eight eight more yeah and then there's nine well we're doing bad math three six nine twelve there's 12 left on the schedule so we need eight out of 12 uh which is still a tall order but thankfully down the stretch we have alabama a&m and auburn who uh aren't as good but also like that's where you need that sweep yeah, it would yeah. be a lot easier if you needed seven. If you mm-hmm. needed seven of twelve instead of eight of twelve, sound you know you think oh it's just one game, but like that's a huge deal. Yeah, now if you get a sweep against two of those teams, that's six right there. Then you just gotta get you know not get swept in the others, and mm-hmm. you're good. Uh, hope to see it. Uh, I mean, I, I really think these guys, you know, for for all the the flack that we've given them, I, I feel like they they could potentially be hitting their strides. You know heading there, towards the, the end of the season, which is... There's some signs of life now, yeah. which we didn't have two weeks ago. Right. Uh, but I'm not I'm not booking a trip to Omaha yet. No, no, not yet. Not yet. Because, <laughs> we'll, we'll, seriously, like we'll probably be in a, a regional at Stony Brook for all we know. <laughs> um, but anyway... Uh, we could be in the Louisiana Tech there. regional. That would be crazy. <laughs> that would right. be hilarious. If, if, they, if LSU went to the regional at, at, in Ruston... Oh my goodness! That would actually be fun. I'd go to that. Yeah. Oh, uh, Daniel, I, I I thought of you because uh, we were actually talking about uh, Jalen Cook transferring. I think last pod, and lo and behold, he he transferred to the uh, the Green Wave of Tulane. He's going to be in the Green Wave squad. Uh, I didn't know if does that mean you're going to. Yeah, Tulane baseball is not, or ba- basketball is not exactly prestigious. Um, they were not. <laughs> they are the, the, the point shaving scandal. That's pretty prestigious. Yeah, they weren't good when I was there, and I don't think they've improved. Um, I, I, would, I went to a couple of games, and the stadium itself is pretty nice, actually. Oh, yeah. But uh, the the fan attendance was poor. Um, they don't play out of smoothie. The smoothie arena. No, they they have an on field or on campus stadium. They call it. Uh, Greer Fieldhouse. It's fairly new. I think they built it in like 2010 or something like that. And yeah, you graduated there. Yeah, that's pretty nice. That's yeah. where we had our graduation ceremony. And yeah, it's pretty cool. So best of luck to him. I think he's from uh, Baton Rouge. Uh, so staying close to home and, and hopefully he'll have some success as a starter. But yeah, I saw Andre Hyatt transferred to Rutgers, which was kind of weird. I don't really know what his allegiance is to that school, uh, but that was it. <laughs> You never know, you know, it's just, it's a, sometimes it's just getting away. It's a vibe you feel with the coaches or the players or whatever, but yeah, good, good luck to them. Uh, but speaking of other guys staying close to home, LSU had a, uh, a really nice uh, five-star recruit in Louisiana stay home for football. And uh, that would become in the form of Jacoby Matthews. And so for that, going to toss it to daniel uh because he's our r- recruiting guru here on talking tigs uh man this was uh it's 
Yeah. Uh, this was a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good thing. Cause you know, it's keeping another uh, highly, highly rated recruit inside the state lines. Coach O gets to keep that and keep that recruiting train chugging. Uh, but I don't know. What, what do you, what do you know about this guy so far? Uh, yeah. So Jacoby Matthews, this one's kind of been a long time coming. Like this is pretty much set for a while, but he's a five-star safety out of Ponchatoula, Louisiana, went to Ponchatoula High School like quarterback T.J. Finley. They played together. Uh, maybe T.J. called him up and said, come on over. But, yeah, he's the number 30 player in the country, number two safety in the country, uh, and is the third and final five-star from Louisiana to, to stay home already. So we swept all the five stars already for this year's class, unless more people move up. But that's pretty huge uh, to keep everybody in state. And so that's two years in a row where we've had a five-star safety but after Sage Ryan um in state stay at lsu so that's looking to be a a spot of strength for the next few years i haven't gotten to watch too much tape but he's supposed to be pretty fast for his 6'2 205 frame so some people think he might uh, be looking to move to kind of like edge rusher or like a kind of outside linebacker position at the next level uh yeah but could definitely play anywhere and uh, excited to have him so we're, we're halfway there in terms of recruiting class like 13 out of 25 uh, so hopefully we can finish the second half of that class strong. And that's been a, that's been like a, a, a pretty uh, on trend thing to do. You look at a guy like Christian Harris, who played cornerback at, at uh, U high, just like five minutes from where me and Daniel are right now. And now he's at Bama and he plays, he, he put on weight. He got into a college weight program and now he plays a mean outside linebacker. There's some with so much speed and so much, uh, you know, a pass, uh, pass heavy offenses these days, you need a guy who has experience as a defensive back to be able to, to cover that is also physical and fast enough to, um, to run, get after the ball, you know, get after the passer. So that'd be cool. I, I, I didn't heard that, or I hadn't heard that, but I'd be excited to see that. The other thing that's interesting about him, I've heard, I've heard some people say he might actually be the best player in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And I know he, I looked on there when you were looking at his, at his uh, ranking and he's number three, yeah. It's behind Will Will Campbell and uh and Walker Howard. Yeah. But I've heard some people say, yeah, actually, no, this guy's better than both oh, of them. He's been rising fast because he was like a three-star just like about a year ago, and then he went four, and then now five stars. Like I think more and more people are picking up on his tape and like recognizing the talents. And so especially if he shows out his senior season in the fall, yeah, I could easily see him moving up to the top spot in the state. Um, and then because right now LSU is the number two class in the country for next year. Obviously, that'll change a lot. Uh, in the upcoming times but uh do we even mention that they got jake johnson um on the last pod no i don't think we did yeah because uh max johnson's brother jake johnson was a yeah, four-star tight, tight, end. tight end yeah currently the number one tight end in the country committed to lsu as well i think that was about a week and a half ago uh so two big pickups for the tigers there uh so Coach i'm o's, excited about him too yeah i'm really excited about him six five two twenty five um as a junior in high school it's pretty beastly and he's and he's living with and is being coached by an NFL quarterback. So, you know, you always talk about like, oh, the dads, the dad, the NFL dads, they coach the they coach the quarterbacks really well. Like Max Johnson's dad coached him, Joe Burrow's dad coached him, that kind of thing. But um, I feel like having like a, a NFL quarterback work with a tight end that's that's a, that's a big deal. Yeah, and not to mention uh, you, this this tight end's quarterback would be his brother. Uh, that's true that's true too talk, talk about chemistry you know You're they've, been, they've like, been practicing for this since they were like four years old right so that's i mean how could if anything could be better than brady and gronkowski this could be it 
Jake Johnson <laughs> plays DN too for their high school. I don't know if you see his highlights really. there. Yeah, but he's had some like big sacks coming off the edge. I doubt he would play that in college. But, Probably not. But uh, at least he has the athleticism to kind of go both ways. Yeah, and he, and, he, and you know what? You know what that tells me? Uh, it tells me he doesn't mind taking a hit. Mm-hmm. That tells me he's not going to be the or type of one. or yep. giving or delivering one. That tells me he's going to be the type of tight end who's okay with blocking. Which I'm not going to name names, but there was a tight end who played for LSU recently who didn't who was reported that he didn't li- actually like playing tight end and didn't want to uh didn't actually want to hit anybody or block oh oh interesting so, so you can you can take your pick on who that might be but he <laughs> may or may not be with lsu anymore <laughs> right right uh fair enough uh or <laughs> i don't know maybe maybe this maybe this person will get a second chance <laughs> i don't know maybe maybe he will be back at lsu maybe he'll be moved right, to wide receiver <laughs> Yeah, it could just be a matter of him doing some online classes, getting his grades back, and I don't know, possibly staying in shape physically, and uh, I don't know, joining the team in the summer, and changing numbers. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's definitely in order. You know, I mean, I don't think Coy's given up as number two. Yeah, no, and I, I don't know. Wait, so we, wait, we have to replace, we have to replace seven, right? Or we that was already was that already determined? Wait, what do you mean? Seven, number seven. Ja- Jacoby Stevens wore seven last year, so yeah, there's going to be a new seven. Right. There will yeah. the, the, there will be an eight. We've already we've still got our eighteen though. We've got uh, Demond Clark. Demond Clark, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I was just thinking. All right. Well, yeah. I wonder who gets to be gets to wear seven. Uh, if if this individual comes back, he's not wearing seven. If he does, <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll walk over there personally. <laughs> yeah. And just snatch it out of his hand during the press conference. I'd love to see that. Uh, but we could save that. Uh, this Speaking of seven, did y'all see that Patrick Peterson's going to be wearing yeah, seven in, cool. in the purple and gold for the Vikings? I saw that. Yeah, yeah, that is cool. Good for him. Good for him. Um, well, I, I think that was all that we had, unless you guys had something else. Feel free to toss it out there. But, uh, Daniel, I wanted to uh, ask you about, since you went to the, the LSU game you know, this, this past week, uh, you know how, how that was since the whole, the whole world was watching you behind home plate. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I was pretty uh, fortunate to be invited to these seats. They're in the they call it the Champions Club, which is the, like the first, I guess, about eight rows, a little semicircle behind home plate. We were in row four, kind of smack in the middle on TV, and it, it was a great time. The weather was great on Tuesday. The stadium was, I, I believed it was fifty percent capacity. There was a lot of people there. It uh, would have been nice to see it full, but uh, the crowd was was into it. There was a lot of ULM people, and you saw a lot of people wear like LSU jerseys and ULM like baseball caps. I guess they are coming down to to see their their people. But there's this one lady who's like a ULM homer. She, she had a chant like all she would do was just yell the players like home like where they were from. So like Jordan Thompson, like Frail Shoes, like California. So she'd be like, Cali, Cali, like whenever he was batting and she'd be like the only one in the whole stadium. And everyone was like, please just shut up. But it was kind of bizarre. Wow. Um, she was a ULM person? Yeah, yeah, she was. Uh, but I had a good time, had some good uh, baseball stadium food and enjoyed seeing the Tigers win. Right on. Uh, what, what, kind of, what kind of food? Like, is it just typical, you know, I actually got, I guess it was something a little bit unique. It was, they called it the Kate, the, what was it called? The Cajun club or something. It was like a boudin and cheese, like toasted cheese. That's um, like, and actually like a grilled cheese. Yeah. Pretty much like a grilled cheese. With like boudin. Yeah. With like boudin, like shredded boudin inside. And so that was really good actually. Like that, yeah. And I think it was like, 
eight and a half dollars or something, but it was definitely worth it. Like a lot of food. Um, so I guess not something you can get at every stadium. Respect. No, not at all. Like I, yeah, I couldn't get any boudin grilled cheeses in Georgia. That's for sure. I, I, I would like, get it too. I would get it too, just to try something new. What, uh, what, where are we on LSU concession stands? I feel like they're not. I feel like this, but like the one at Tiger Stadium is like not that. I, I haven't bought a concession from LSU probably in like, gosh, since I was like a freshman in college. Other than like a water, I think we. I bought like a drink every now and then. Yeah. I haven't bought like a like food from an LSU concession stand since I was a freshman, but I I, I feel like I'm avoiding it because I don't think it was that good. Yeah, I kind of agree that the stadium like they have a couple of those like unique items like the yeah. jambalaya or something but it's like or the, the generic, alligator dog yeah it's kind of like the generic like zataran stuff yeah um and it's a little bit like overpriced and but i think it's just because they have to make it for like so many people you can't get like too crazy but i think the baseball one especially for the champions club this is like an exclusive like little uh, uh kind of inside like place you can order food so they might kind of spruce it up a little bit more high end yeah didn't they offer different options in the football stadium and that thing called the shoot like you From, to- i've never been yeah i think they do but i, I never went to the shoot oh, okay we were gonna i remember i was gonna go daniel me and you were gonna go to the shoot one game in 2019 but then i i got so it was towards the end of the season and we were we were coming in on like that perfect season and i was like i don't want to mess anything up we're staying in our seats <laughs> right because you're going up there to get a uh like a salmon burger which is totally mess up the mojo it might. I mean, you never know. Yeah. You Joe know. needed Joe needed us to be sitting <laughs> in our section. He didn't need us in the shoot. No, not at all. He would have asked. Um, all right. So I, I well, that was, I was cool, man. I, I, I would love to see. I haven't been to a, a game in the new Alex box. I would love to. If, obviously, there's a you know a bit a bit of a drive, but uh, I, I still want to check that out, especially if they have you know local food uh, available. Uh, definitely, definitely better than regular hot dogs or popcorn. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think that was all we had on that. Uh, do you guys have anything else? Yeah. Nope. Be tuned in. Hopefully LSU puts up a show against Arkansas and uh, comes out alive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd love it if they, you know, did not get swept. I would be ecstatic if they actually took the series. I think it's possible, but, you know, we'll see how probable it is, you know, depending mm-hmm. on who's healthy. Maybe Arkansas, you know, same thing that happened with Ole Miss. You know, their starter just isn't ready. I don't know. Uh, Luck luck can always pop up like that. But uh, I guess we will see and we will report on it next week for you and have any other news that comes down the pipe, such as all this basketball and uh, women's basketball and baseball news and and football recruits and and, and all that, all that in one big gumbo for you. Uh, so until then, stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tips.